It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time to sparkle. sparkle. Welcome to Sparkle Town. Sparkle Town is a municipality that intersects and overlaps with the city of Berlin. It is ruled by the Contessa, and its citizens are all those of you listening to this. It is nominally run by the Deputy Mayor, and that's me. Today, we are talking to Chandelier Divine Brown. What drag also gets given me is confidence. I, I love sitting down with someone and we fall into a story time rabbit hole. Yes, indeed. And this is one, you know, we talked about this season is about power. This is a power queen. Mm-hmm, indeed. And this will be uh, the first part of a two-parter. <laughs> because once you get this queen talking. Oh, boy. Just, just grab yourself a drink. Settle in. Would you please introduce yourself? Well, hello everyone. My name is Chandelier Divine Brown. I am a drag queen originated from the Netherlands. Um, I've been moved to Berlin for almost like eight, nine years ago. And yeah, I've been like performing and um, turning heads left and right, you know what I mean, since that time. Actually also competed in a competition called Miss Seeker 2014, which I was, am still, till this day, am the reigning queen. So, yes. <laughs> Why Berlin? Um, well, Berlin actually was for me a... It was a little bit of an unknown, to be honest. Um, I came here once, uh, like six months before I moved um, to visit a friend. She just recently moved in. Uh, she just recently moved. She was living in Berlin for almost six months now. You know what I mean? So I was like, hey, I'm coming over to visit. She was happy, excited. I came for like four days. Um, it was like a Thursday till a Monday. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it was like, it was a quite an experience. It was like in the middle of April, May. So it was like right around that good weather. And um, I was just, just fell in love with like, you know what I mean? Just the way of life of just going out. You know what I mean? Like the um, sense of no pressure. Like, you know, don't make plans. That was the first lesson that I learned. That my friend Lizzie told me. Um, she says like, well, I'm going to give you two rules for Berlin. And I was like, okay, girl, what is it? She was like, okay, you ready? It's like, yes. First rule, never make plans. Because the rule of Berlin is like, you know, at 3 a.m., it could be at 4 a.m., it could be at 5 p.m. You don't know. We don't even know. You know what I mean? <laughs> so we don't even know at the time. And, um, and the second rule was always to have cash money on you. Especially, yes. especially like back in that day when yes. um, 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 ATM cards or IC devices were not that um, common, especially in Friedrichshain. Um, you need to have at least like a 20 on you in all case for emergency, for taxi, for a spikov, um, um by purchase something like this so yeah, i can yeah. appreciate that you come down for a couple of days and you fall in love yeah and then i went back and then that was actually the funny story i went back to the netherlands um after those four days and um i was just at the time where i dropped out of fashion school yes fashion school dropout hey hey uh, <laughs> <laughs> the cliche of it all <laughs> and um yeah and then i actually um this then i actually had like a um i was working at a bar in a cafe uh, in the Netherlands, and then um, something just didn't go right there. It was just like one of those um, trial weeks, mm-hmm. and after that trial week, they told me, "This is like if you don't hear anything from us by Sunday, 
then we decided that um we're not going to continue with you i was like okay so that's something happened you know what i mean i heard nothing i was like oh my god so then you know what I, mean? I was like i really like the next day i took it with me i smoked a joint you know what i mean i was like okay <laughs> like as a dutch person is you know what I mean? smoke a joint um you know what I mean? and then um i just went over the situation and then at the time i was just started crying and be like oh my god what's going on nobody loves me nobody wants to hire me and then i actually was skyping with my friend lizzie and she was like but girl 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 it's like what why don't you move to berlin my friend my friend here works at Zalando, and everyone was working for Zalando at the time and you know and i know they're looking for dutch people please translate your resume into english and i will send it to her i was like okay <clears throat> whatever and me as a pessimist or the eternal pessimist as i am you know what i mean which i like to call realness with life experience um <laughs> you know what i mean i was just like you know here we go send my resume and on the next like a couple minutes before six o'clock i got a call from germany asking me to stop by the next day i was like well i'm still in the netherlands i don't think that's going to be possible and they were like well wednesday then i was like okay cool <laughs> so it was like on a thursday and i just decided to um pack my stuff mm-hmm two big bags um and a backpack and um and i moved to berlin <laughs> went here i had a job interview signed the contract on the same day started two days later uh full-time position and then um stayed with my friends for three months and then i found a new, my own place and the story and was started stayed. and she's born <laughs> and um yeah i didn't start off doing drag straight away though that came in like my first time drag was new year's eve so i moved here in november and then i did drag in new year's eve like at trezor was which, that a performance or you no just it was, just, it was just, just out like my my friend had like this big uh, big velour velvet like purple dress Ooh. from zara it was a very long one i know I, this was the time before i had any padding i knew anything about makeup so all i knew was like a youtube tutorial or two and um four hours you know what i mean and <laughs> something was born <laughs> i'm not gonna say drag but something was born and i remember this very like i had with this like pink anime curled wig uh-huh. so like with the pink dot like the pink like poofs on the side you yeah. know so it was very it's very anime it was very anime it didn't it didn't match at all it was like the shoes don't match it <laughs> they were like pumps like the cut out cut off pumps of like booties sort of in a sense <laughs> and then i had like this long velour dress and then like the velour <laughs> The, you know what I mean? With the pink wig on top and then some makeup. The makeup was terrible. Like, when I say terrible, it's like, you you just when you would see me, you would just, like, throw a bag over it. But I felt cunt. I felt fierce. I was, like, I was living my fantasy, okay? Nobody was going to tell me at that time that I was not pretty. So, and then I went to Trezor. I went for, I also went, walked out during uh, midnight. Mm-hmm. People throwing fireworks in full drag on the U-Bahn. It was an experience. It was a sensation, <laughs> and it was something that we are never doing again. <laughs> we are never doing again in synthetic hair. <laughs> and then I went with my friend, and then I went to Trezor because her boyfriend, um, who's a DJ, techno DJ, um, who was playing at, um, I think was playing. He plays at Burkheim sometimes too now, and um, yeah, had a lot of fun. And then I actually met my original og girl sisters um in berlin which mm-hmm. was um miss aruba uh, julius petit and my other sister from another mr jackie word or claire media that's how we started that's how i started going to do drag more hanging out with them and um they were amazing um i don't know if you know them um they are there used to be a group called like this punk semi hip-hop group um called red nails they were everything like um all of them moved unfortunately except for hollywood 
but they were everything they had their own raps you know what i mean the my favorite track of them was like walk up in this bitch like you own a hoe and, and like it was the best thing ever at old schwoot at meringdam at um I f- I f- what's it called next to house called um like the old one oh my god it was life it was it was life i really like it that really opened up my eyes to um, berlin drag of how diverse it could be and how it's not fitting the mold mm-hmm. of like the typical um yeah the typical campy or the typical um beauty pageant queen it was like i like to call myself like a well well-rounded one i take inspiration from all little bits and this is the end result <laughs> we don't know what it is nobody knows <laughs> Just go with it. How'd you get the name? Mm. Well, that's actually also a funny story. <laughs> it's always a story I love with me. Story time. <laughs> it's always a story <laughs> with me. Um, no, um, I actually um, started off with my uh, with drag name called Maleficent because mm-hmm. I thought that was one of the most cuntiest names you could have. You know, I mean, this was before um, before um, Angelina Jolie announced the movie that was going to happen. So I was like, yeah, so I'm going to be Maleficent because I'm the evil, like I'm the evil fairy queen. You know what I mean? Like I lived for that um, situation. But then, um, of course, at the time, Germans, in a sense, or Germany, in a sense, they were not very uh, well-versed in English at the time, especially back then. It was like eight, nine years ago. So mm-hmm. you need to keep in mind that, like, the international wave that happened in Berlin, especially the last couple of years of, like, a lot of um, English-speaking people are coming over, um, was ha- didn't happen yet. So okay. it was still, like, when I told people I was my name was Maleficent, they would be like, was? Uh-huh. Was? And then after a while, a friend of mine um, at the time, he um, said to me, well, honestly, I don't know why you call yourself Maleficent. If I will be a drag queen, my name will be Chandelier Divine Brown just because. And that was such a, I don't know, like at one point he said like, you know, just take the name girl. It will be perfect for you. And that's how it happened. And after that, it just basically um got shorter to shandy and uh, miss shandy if you're nasty you know what i mean you know what i mean like all those things all those funny little remarks and uh, comments so yeah and that's how it started well i've known you as shandy from the mm, boy it's been a while since i first met you yeah it's uh, been a long time a long time a long time but you you actually made my day i had been talking about this one queen that i had gone and finally been able to speak to that i thought she was absolutely drop dead gorgeous it was the most beautiful makeup i had seen in person on and your reaction to that was yeah but she doesn't have attitude (laughs) (laughs) this is truth you know it's no it's true like honestly and this is what a lot of people forget about drag is like um a lot of people stop at the looks yes and they stop at um oh i'm gonna do a cute little lady gaga song like and I get that that is like especially when you're starting off drag i'm not i'm not trying to discredit anyone i'm not trying to piss on anyone's um um experience or on their drag but it is just very common for a starting drag queen i even did it you know what i mean like i even did it like no wait my first lip sync was um how many licks by lil kim because <laughs> you know i'm a country queen so you know what i mean like and i'm a rap queen so i like to go into like some mm-hmm. good rap sometimes i don't do that often anymore uh, because a lot of people sometimes um get a little bit sensitive about like um when you start using raps from um we're a little bit um more about the explicit kind Ooh, yeah, you know, we're habits. supposed to all be adults yeah i know but sometimes i just don't do it because i find like it's not the response that i'm waiting for or i don't want to generate the kind of negativity stereotypes about like certain words um and 
but then um yeah and that's what i tell like and it's the personality and i don't care if a makeup of a queen is like 100 perfect or if you were able to cut your crease with that perfect like crisp line right there mm -hmm. i want to see i want to be entertained i want to be entertained i want to feel something mm -hmm. i want to see something that's going to excite me and that's how like, well that's how i started putting on my own performances like a little bit more of the visual a little bit more of a feeling even if it's sometimes a little bit more funny even if it's sometimes a little bit more angrier on the side like because that's what i've noticed especially is that sometimes when i'm feeling a little bit in a negative heads in a headspace mm -hmm. um i tend to use that for my performances so i yes. start creating stuff and what i've noticed over the last <laughs> over the last few years is that a lot of my um mixes a lot of my um concepts are all about me processing certain negative emotions okay. uh, or anger and that has really helped me to become a better person mm. it's not i'm not there yet don't get me wrong but um <laughs> you know what i mean there is progress you know there's progress and what drag also has given me is confidence um what i told earlier it's like i never started doing drag to be perceived as a star because mm -hmm. that's not what well, that's not that was never my initial intention my um my intention was always never to uh, make money in a sense with drag um my intention was to help me see myself with the star that i am there i said it if you um, can look in the mirror and be happy with what you're seeing what i'm seeing and i'm i'm also very happy with um the things that i've done mm -hmm. that i've achieved um, the accomplishments that I um, uh, and the merit that I gained over the years by just being 100% myself. Mm -hmm. And of course, you're always going to rub um, people the wrong way with that sometimes. Not everyone yes. is your friend. Not everyone is there to support you. Um, some people are just there for the distance. Um, and yeah, and that's something that you also need to realize in drag is that um, my biggest misconception when I started doing drag is that now I'm going to find my drag sister, you know, my drag family. And in a sense, I totally did, like, you know what I mean? But this automatic notion that people take to um, saying like, oh, I'm doing drag, you're doing drag, now we're both drag sisters, is not how it works. And I think, um, I think a lot of younger, younger drag queens or starting off drag queens are not aware of that yet that it is a vicious game it um this is what i call it. it's a game it's um it's not something that uh, a lot of people are um also accustomed to, to dealing with you need to have very thick skin uh, in this business um you will have more no's than yes and the people who will praise you from uh from like in your face will um kick you down from afar like when you're not there and um that's something also that you just need to learn you know what i mean skin comes it, with it. well it's like with any family it is too that is very true but honestly um i come from a very big family in a mm -hmm. sense um i have four uh four sisters mm -hmm. all older all with an opinion <laughs> all with an opinion they love to share oh, th this doesn't run in the family <laughs> <laughs> no no like if you think i'm crazy if you think I'm the, I'm the i'm like you know like an extreme version i'm the mildest one out there oh my like, literally i'm the mildest one i have two sisters for example like they do not play games uh -huh. um they do not um and i think that's also very um but you also need to keep in mind there's a big um, age difference between my sisters um i like the youngest and this is the youngest um, age difference that I have. She is six years older than me. Okay. And in between her and uh, me is still my brother, who's also older than me. Like, I have a straight brother who looks, he's a little bit smaller than me, like only like half a head. Uh -huh. But he is twice the width, you know what I mean? Like, okay. he's really yeah. like, and you know, it's, he's like the 
stereotypical epiphany of like straight dude. male dude you know what i mean like a tribal tattoo that's over his chest from one arm to the other arm you know what i mean like kickboxing training and uh -huh. um you know it's um yeah that's that's my brother and um then my, then my other sisters the three oldest ones that is like a 21 24 and a 26 year or 22 26 year um, age difference wow yeah so when i'm telling you that they have an opinion they have an opinion <laughs> okay they love to tell you like how you should be running your life or how you should be running your life with who you should be running it and if it does not match up their expectations mm -hmm. they will let you know <coughs> they will let you know oh gosh i wish everybody could see the look I just got. <laughs> that was, mm -hmm. <laughs> they will let you know and that's and that's just um and i think that's also that's very um typical for our culture um like for example like i am we come from my dad's from suriname of suriname um which suriname is, suriname it's, mm -hmm. it's dutch colony in south america uh -huh. um a lot of people know better by the other name it's called new guarena um this was like one of the um gonna give you like a little history lesson in this yes, bitch please. um new guarena was basically a suriname was basically traded um with the americans and sold for ten dollars in exchange for new york and this was because all the way back into um, the transatlantic slave um, triangle, that was one of the, of the destinations to drop off like newly, f like newly catch fresh slaves Ooh. from um, the west coast, and then they would travel it to Suriname, where they would drop off. And this is very, this is the, actually the worst part of it all, because this actually still, the um, effects of this, what I'm going to tell you right now, is still like felt throughout every colony, is that um, all the good slaves, the ones who survived the trip, mm -hmm. or who did not have any illnesses of this sense, were dropped off and sold off in Suriname, where they were made to work on the fields. And these, you know what I mean? And then all the, 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 um, all the slaves who got ill on the trip and stuff like that, they will get like sold for less value at the Caribbean islands. Mm -hmm. And this is something that's just very... Um, this very experience till this day is still being felt and still being um in still sort of sort of sense of colorism still being applied among people because oh you come from that island or you're not good enough or you come from this part you know oh you know what i mean like and this is like this and this is the deep of like colonialism how deep it's rooted in um some certain things certain countries and um and my in our culture suriname it's a um it's the second most diverse place in the world next to brazil they actually literally are next to Brazil. <laughs> so <laughs> that is actually like, hey, fun fact. Uh, um, and um, I actually did a DNA test um, last year. Uh -huh. And it came out that I have 12 dif different entities in my, uh, like, literally DNA segments that are, um, I'm almost 20% Scandinavian, which... Bitch where, <laughs> bitch where uh, height, um, and then also like, and then also like another ten percent of a. Um, I was also ten percent a um, Irish. Okay. Thank you, slavery again. Um, <laughs> and then I um, was also some uh, Middle Eastern, um, and then on top of that, West Asian, and and all of these things that were like shown, like especially like not not the European countries of course because that was like the Baltic and all of that and, and Germany and um, all of, you know like I said like Scandinavian and Irish but then it was also like West Asian and Eastern West Africa um, and it was just very um, illuminating to be okay, honest. Okay so if anybody actually qualifies as a citizen of the world um, hello. Hello I am Shanley Divine Brown <laughs> and I am a citizen of the world. Wow 
Oh, what a you... background. Yeah, and that was actually, that just really opened up my eyes a little bit about like how less I actually know about my um, history, which is a very common thing for people who come from a colonial background. Um, sure. And um, and this is something, in, especially because in, my, in Suriname culture, it's like... Um, um, the most predominant um, ethnicity groups that are there, or as people like they identify with, because everyone is so mixed, is like um, there's like the um, as they call it, like the Hindu uh, community, um, which is just basically people from um, slave descendants from um, India, mm -hmm. um, Pakistan, all of that, and that are got mixed with Afro um, with um, with the Afro slaves, and that created their culture in a sense. And um, and then you also have the one who are, for example, from my um, family identifies mostly with um, Creole, Rio okay. Creoles. And then you also have like Moroccan Suriname, which is very um, unheard of, but they are there. Uh, yeah, there's a combo. And I know it's it's and um, that's what a lot of people don't realize. And it's um, so when people always talk about like you know like the black experience, the black experience comes in many 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 different shades. Because when you go to every different um, island in the Caribbean, has their own culture, has their own dish because they. Um, as they call it, when they were put there, they, their culture, their experiences evolved together to make them. It's cool. unique. And um, the trials and tribulations that they have to go through, for example, how with Martinique, with like the algae problems and, mm -hmm. um, and still like the colonial power from France, for example, um, that is just like, it's and the colonial power of France and even in Africa, it's, it's, it's one of the biggest problems that these countries sometimes have. And um, and when people are saying like, oh no, but um, slavery is over, or uh, or racism is gone, it doesn't exist anymore. Actually, it's not. It is so deeply rooted in society from the beginning. It's on. People don't even know it's there. That's like even like you know, it's, you're unaware of it until you till till you get like hit a certain adulthood. Mm -hmm. Until and even after adult, like when you hit nineteen and twenty one, that's the moments where you start to realize how the world works, and it is completely different or in um in contract compared to um what the vision that has been taught to you or was fed to you with the spoon like as a child and mm -hmm. yeah i don't know it's how it, much of this have you been able to put into your drag not as much as i wanted as i want sometimes mm -hmm. um i because we do uh, see this from time to time. I do, yeah, yeah. I do sometimes, you know, I mean, use like my experience, like I said, my anger and mm -hmm. like in this, I always use it into my experiences. I like in performances. That's, um, but most of the time when I'm trying to do with my drag is trying to um, mostly distract myself from um, how bad this world sometimes is. How, um, um, yeah, I want to say bad, but just like how desensitized um the world is um that's a good word that's a, that's that's what that's the most that's a better word, one yeah. and excuse me for my pronunciation my english is my second language in the end so um even though if you think i'm an american how dare you <laughs> how dare you <laughs> it's a little bit of online gaming and a lot of tv shows <laughs> and you sure uh, picked up an accent but I, I don't think i would call it american uh, like i got called one time by a, a colleague she thought that i was a full-on cali girl <gasps> And I was like, and I didn't know how to take that. At first, I thought I was like, oh, that's, oh, that's sad. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, I think I like, I'm a little bit more than just like a Cali girl. Yeah, that was just for me the most uh, funniest thing to, to um, experience. I still get it sometimes because a lot of people think I'm American. And especially when I'm in drag and that character, um, 
you know because you every, every time when every drag is a character in a sense and the, how you create that character and how you create like your backstory or your background and how you into your personality in drag is always like a little bit of an inner reflection of like your true personality but a little bit just magnified and <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> she's seen places <laughs> Uh, we talked a little bit before about um, wanting to entertain as being a part of your performances. Yes. Do you have a performance background, stage or dance or um, Actually, officially, not at all. Um, I did, my sister is, a, my, one of my sisters, one of my old sisters, she is a uh, dance teacher. Mm-hmm. Everywhere, there's a lot of creatives in my um, family. Um, my dad used to be a soul singer. Okay. Um, his name was um, Johnny Pepper. Um, and he would have like his little hits, um, and like, and this was back in the fifties, the sixties. So this was like still like, um, even though um, separation, uh, segregation, segregation in the states, for example, was not uh, was still happening. My dad was touring the world with his um, group, and he was the black singer, the only black singer, the lead singer. And then he had like these Dutch people doing the instruments. He played Johnny pr- Pepper. Johnny Pepper. Yeah. Oh, we're looking this up. Uh, and he played. Um, he played like the uh, trumpet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he actually um, he actually went to the states for a tour once, and they tried to made him put they tried to put him in the back of the bus, and as my dad is from a um, colony that abolished slavery and segregation like a long time ago, mm-hmm. my dad and probably a lot of people would be like, oh that I'm not surprised. My dad said fuck you <laughs> to the bus driver, and he walked off. And then a lot of people there tried to. Um, situation attention be right. like sir please don't just don't make a scene they will hurt you know they will call the police on you this and this and that my dad was like as a um full-on black man unapologetic and um says no i'm not doing this shit and my dad just walked away and he also had the chance to move to the states because you know what i mean they love um as and they love their singers and stuff like that yeah. and um so he got the chance to move there but he said in not in my wildest dreams not even if i get it not even if you pay me extra money on top no and um my dad actually i mean my dad like now have a really good relationship um but and but back then like when he told me that i was like yeah i could have been one of those people indoctrinated in that kind of like lifestyle of the of the um of the americans yeah and it just makes me appreciate my um my upbringing and my um my family history and strength in a little bit also the culture indeed that we are not these kind of people that will lay down and be subservient to and subservient to uh, a bunch of like um i'm sorry racist white people <laughs> you know what i mean like they're only there's only one kind and call it like it is call it as it is and that's just what i really 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 i'm grateful for and there's also the strength and the pride that i've been um and a sense of pride that i've got from my dad is that you do not bend your head or you do not bow to no one mm-hmm. you know what i mean like you treat people with the um you treat people the way they treat you if they treat you with respect, you treat them with respect too, and that's that's something that I've always um, carried with me and um, try to apply in my life as much as possible. Now you've had some interesting things happening during lockdown. Have you been able to do any performing? Um, well, um, I'm actually made a video mission for Planet Bushwick um, for the um, online Pride situation that yeah. is airing on the 26th uh, of 26th of June. That is actually within. From recording this, it's going to be on the next Friday. We'll have to see. We this may not go up immediately. Oh, no. Unfortunately, oh, no, I, that's I fine. Um, though that's that. You, um, I also started my own show, um, the Shiny Show, um, but with the Corona mess, it's very hard with location-wise, etc., to get 
all the um, restrictions uh, uphold, upheld and right. all that nonsense and also just the organizing of it, of it all. Um, so currently that's been a little bit on hold. I also accidentally broke my hand. What? Did, Which do that we was, want to talk about that, or do we um, want to just say it's um, healing? It's healing. <laughs> no, it's healing. It's just sometimes um, when with Corona, it was like, of course, like in lockdown. You so you spend a lot of time at home. You know what I mean? Stuck between four walls, and mm-hmm. you know tensions run high. And you know sometimes you know what I mean. Like I'm usually very good at keeping my temper, um, but sometimes you know there was a moment where I slipped. And I just went full on Mike Tyson on my wardrobe. <laughs> okay. I was like, I'm going to get her right now. Uh, and, okay. um, and then just testosterone took over and I s- slammed my fist towards it. And then I accidentally broke my hand in two different spots. Ouch. Oh, it's good, though. It's good. It's, well, it's teaching you things. It's a teachable moment. It's a teachable moment. That's what it is. It's like, don't hit wardrobes. <laughs> yeah, that was just like a um, lesson that I learned. Um, I had surgery done. And I'm, now on, I'm now building off my painkillers, my pain meds, because you know, they had to tread it back together, in <sighs> a sense, which actually was actually really funny because I went to the, um, in Berlin, you have this thing called the Bundeswehr Krankenhaus. Yes. It's basically, it's part of Charité. Um, it's this huge... It's basically the best university and hospital you have in the area. It's a military hospital, yes. so you are getting the full military treatment. You get like a little screening. They give you like a little new face, a fresh face mask, the hand sanitizing going on there. They take your temperature and they send you off. And um, it was really the, one of the best experiences that I had hospital-wise because a couple of days before that, I was planned in surgery at, and I'm just going to call you out because this is happening right now. Vivantes am Urbanstraße. And I'm sorry, I have never experienced such a hot mess of organization that's supposed to be a medical facility or a, a, like, no, it's, I just never, first of all, what happened is, like, I came there, broken hand, x-ray, took very long, but you know what, that's the emergency room, you know what I mean, I don't take take that, so, but of course, me was a girl sitting with her girlfriend, they were a couple, um, I'm not making uh, I'm not making uh, assumptions. You know what I mean. I just like I overheard them in German, and you know they were actually and one of them was English speaking. You know what I mean. So they were actually a couple. But side note, sorry, I hit the mic. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, but side note, um, they were sitting there for three hours apparently because they were complaining. Uh, you know what I mean. I had to get the X-rays, so that's a different department. You know what I mean. Like I didn't know what they were there for. So I was sitting there next to the Rundken um, Abteilung. Um, and um, all of a sudden, the girl, I hear them talking in English. You know what I mean? When you hear someone, when you hear a doctor speak in English in a hospital, then you know something is going on. Yes. Because they will be like, because you're Deutsch That's usually the automatic response you will get. And she's like, no, you really have to go here. And she was crying. She's like, I don't want to. Turned out she was, um, she had corona symptoms. You know what I mean? I was sitting right across from her, you know what I mean? But I was like, oh my God, you know what I mean? It, shit, it's getting real. Yes. Coronavirus, <laughs> shit is real. <laughs> shit is getting real. <laughs> so and um, so then you know what I mean. I did my X-rays. Show me like it's broken. You know we have to set it. We have to put you like a um, cask for the spine to get down, so we can um, plan in an, an appointment with the anesthesiologist and then um, get like the surgery done because it needs the surgery, one hundred percent. So I went to my little appointment the next couple of days later at the anesthesiologist. I had to do a COVID testing because all patients are required right. to be by law now to be tested so that they, you know what I mean? Like not that you're being like under the knife and then um, basically you're spreading your, um, yeah. 
virus Absolutely. all over the place. And so what happened was, in the end, I got my I got my appointment. They did my little COVID test. The girl was coughing, by the way. So thank you. Uh, this girl was sick. So she even had, even though she had a mask on, I felt like my full Valentina moment. But she was like, "Could you take your mouth mask off and um, open up your mouth?" And I was like, "I like to keep it on, please." <laughs> and the conclusion of Shandy's hospital visit and more next week. You are now departing Sparkle Town. Sparkle Town is a Thelandrome production. Wear a mask. 